Well, another week has flown by, and so it's time for this week's Dairy Dialogue podcast for October the 12th, 2018. For some reason that makes it look like this program is actually meticulously planned, all of the features on the show this week relate to the PNP space. I'm Jim Cornell, editor of Dairy Reporter, the daily news site dedicated to the global dairy industry, which you can find at www.dairyreporter.com. As always, we welcome your comments, preferably good ones, and also are always happy to hear from you with ideas for this weekly show. So please feel free to send us your press releases and new product announcements. On today's podcast, we will hear about DS Smith Plastics bag-in-box products and its relationship with Middle East dairy company Almirai. Head off to the other side of Asia to learn about German packaging company SIG's solar paneling at its plant in Rayong, Thailand, and hear about French company Clarinor's pulsed light technology for infant formula packaging sterilization, which will be on display at Pack Expo in Chicago this month. And, of course, we'll get our weekly updates on the markets from INTL FC Stone. So by my calculations, which could be way off, that means we'll have covered about seven countries on this week's programme, eight if you include the fact I'm recording this in the UK. Kicking off the programme this week is an interview with Christophe Riedel, CEO of Clarinor, based in Avignon, France about its infant powder cans pulsed light sterilizer, which will be previewed at Pack Expo in Chicago next week. So in fact, uh, the technology is about um, 50 years old now, and so came from Japan. There is one um, well-known application of pulsed light, which is hair removal, to, to remove hair from skin. But the, the, in the industry, the main application of pulsed light is the decontamination. And so we are really the company promoting this uh, this application. Uh, there is um, one company in in uh, Japan that we had never heard about uh, until two weeks ago, and they, they, it seems that they they have some a few, a few machines. Uh, otherwise, we don't have competitors providing this kind of machines. The company exists since 2004, but uh, is really active on the market with um, several. A machine sold per year since 2010, 2011. We had in 2011 our first million turnover per, per year. Last year we delivered 50 machines. So this is really, we are dedicated to packaging decontamination uh, because plastic material is something which which is uh, reproducible. Pulse light is very um, sensitive to uh, the quality of the surface. So if you, can, if you start treating food, for example, you have a lot of qualities of, of surface which have, which can affect the efficiency of the decontamination. The efficiency is, is very good for plastic or for, for metal and so uh, this is adapted to the to packaging material in uh, infant formula market like uh, for dairy or beverage business where we are already active but I mean there were in the in the past several um, to microbiologists who tested pulse light on food for, to decontaminate food. And for bread, for example, and if you if you think to the quality of uh, the crust of bread, it can be very different from one recipe to the to the other. This is a very uh, variety you don't have uh, with packaging. Packaging is smooth on the surface, and uh, this is why we uh, we uh, we started with uh, packaging decontamination. So uh, we delivered uh, 350 machines in the world since 2010. We had some inquiries from customers in the infant formula market because. 
there, there were many crises uh, in, in, in this uh, sector, in China and other countries, so they, they are increasing because of the sensitivity of the consumers to so babies, and also because this is very good, very difficult to make a, a hygienic ambience in a factory where you manipulate powders because you 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 ever have a size of uh, particles which which go between the so through the filters. So you have a certain quantity of of powder in the air. This is not aseptic like in uh, in, in the wet filling beverages. Uh, where you can really remove a lot of uh, particles from the air. But in a factory filling an infant uh, formula, you have some, some uh, remaining particles uh, in the environment, and this is extremely difficult to make a sort of uh, aseptic uh, filling. So they need to decontaminate what will arrive in contact to the product until the customer will use the product. The cost of installing your equipment, is that very cost-effective? We are in the same range than uh, the, the UV uh, UV systems. UV systems, they are so. This is continuous UV. This is a tunnel of continuous UV uh, over the cans, for example, on the, the conveyor uh, bringing the cans from uh, depalletizing to filling. Uh, so these these are um, tunnels with se- several meters uh, of uh, UV tubes generating a lot of heat. If the can stops in front of the UV, you may have uh, overheating, so you are obliged to stop. And then you are, you are you have a heating time. So in terms of costs, coming back to the cost, this is similar. We are in the same range. We can have also more efficiency because if we treat in our machine, we can make very quickly flashes, and one flash is uh, is enough to obtain the uh, the decontamination that that you you get with many meters of uh, UV tunnel. So if we make two flashes instead of one, for example. Or if we put uh, four lamps in our reflector in, in, instead of two, we will increase the decontamination also very rapidly. So uh, depending on the, on the line speed, we may also bring a higher decontamination rate if the customer uh, wants that. And, and I see that with with Aptar, there's the there's this new neo closure for for the spoons. First of all, the, the spoon cap is interesting because you don't have to put the fingers in the product to take the, the spoon. The packaging is filled upside down. So the customer that puts the, the spoon in the in the bottom of the can, fill with powder, then seam with, with the can end, and then they return the can to have on the top the foil, uh, the aluminum foil, uh, which is also seamed on the can. And so, so if you open, you find the spoon. But you you have to put the finger the fingers in the product. Mm. So the spoon cap is interesting because you keep the spoon out of the product and you don't touch the product and affect hygiene. If if I come back to the to the system where you you put the the spoon in the bottom of the can, you are obliged to decontaminate the spoon before putting it in the can. In the main cases, the customers. They get the the spoon treated with the gamma irradiation. So uh, the cartons or pallets of uh, spoons go to a supplier who makes treatment with a cobalt source and uh, treats the complete pallets like pharmacy um, devices or medical devices. And they get the cartons containing bags of, of spoons and remove the carton first and enter the the bag in the in the factory in the filling zone. So they, are, they, they have to, uh, to do that, of course, 
once the, the can is, has been decontaminated, so they are in the high care area to put the, the spoon in the can. So it obliges to, to make an, one machine and an operator and to bring these bags into the high care zone. So this is something which is complicated to organize in terms of flows of, of, uh, and, and in, in terms of uh, hygienic uh, barriers. What we do is to treat the spoon on the cap and we treat through uh, the spoon. So the, our systems in, enables to treat at once the cap and the spoon. In, in that way, you remove the, the operator and the machine and the bags from the high care area. You do that after the, the can has been seamed. The spoon cap seems to be something uh, interesting because of simplifying the, the organization of the sealing uh, area. And uh, otherwise, uh, yes, our system enables to have a higher efficiency, more capacity. Now it's over to Thailand to hear about a solar panel project at the SIG facility in the beautiful coastal city of Rayong, where they get just a little more sunshine than we do here in southwest Scotland. Klaus Zauner was plant manager when the installation was commissioned and completed, and we spoke with him about the project. The SIG installed this way beyond good initiative. It's part of the SIG strategy. And uh, then SIG joined this net positive project. This is a project where bigger companies work together with a mission to create, beside financial success and benefit, also uh, a net positive impact for the environment, for the society. And uh, out of that, it was born to think about what can we do in Thailand? What can we as the plant in Thailand do to support this? And so the solar energy project was born. And how long did it take to put together? In total, it took roughly two years. So it starts to align SRG internal uh, to get all the OKs from CEO downwards, find the right partner. Um, duty partnership is 20 to 25 years, so this is not too easy. Then align everything with the government, internal, uh, legal things, and so on and so on. Uh, after that was done, the installation took only three months. <clears throat> so we started in end of March, 26th of March, and uh, everything was finished in 6th of July, 2018. Okay, and it's, has, it's been operating since that time? Yes, it's operating since that time. What are the, the, the benefits? Is there an, a, a savings or is it mostly the sustainability that's the, uh, that's the key? I think the benefit was not the, the the main focus. The benefit from from the financial point of view is not as big. The driver was uh, really our mission, the net positive, to deliver also for our customer environmental friendly packs, more environmental friendly packs. So this solar cell project uh, was designed with a 3.3 megawatts per year. That means 3.3 megawatts renewable clean energy for us and for our customer and this is roughly 12% of our total consumption energy consumption in uh, Rayon plant another another big impact was the carbon footprint we could reduce co2 by 1700 tons a year with this project quite significant this is quite significant, yes, and we are proud that we could realize that. Yes. Are, are there similar um, 
installations being made in other SIG plants? In other SIG plants, not at the moment. Uh, we thought about that. Some, we have uh, limitations from the construction, from the building construction, so we are not able to put it on the, t on the top. For example, China also calculated that. I will check if we can do that also here in, in Wittenberg, um, because it's also from the weather conditions. Thailand has everyday sun, almost everyday sun. Here we have, uh, and, and that means the, the efficiency of such a solar cell project is quite high. In Europe, uh, we have winter, we have snow, and this we have to track. But at the moment, uh, it's the only plant for SRG. I think we have been one of the first in, in, in I think it's the biggest rooftop uh, solar cell in Thailand at the moment. But we also know that Tetra Pak, our competitor, General Motors, BMW, Kellogg's, Caterpillar, they are also working on similar projects now. The Thai government uh, likes this kind of project, but they also make some barriers because you must consume the whole energy by yourself. That means you are not allowed to leave that back in the grid how we have it here in Europe. If you produce too much, then you can give it back in the grid mm. and they pay you something. In Thailand, it's not possible at the moment. They, you can consume it or you have to destroy it, but you cannot give it somewhere back. The customer has also benefit not only from the environmental aspect, they also have uh, tax benefits. When they buy product from renewable energy, then they also get benefits from the government. Since 2006, DS Smith Plastics has been a partner of Saudi Arabia-based dairy giant Almorai, the biggest food and beverage manufacturing and distribution company in the Middle East. The company chose DS Smith's bag-in-box for its intermediate packaging for the region, and we spoke with DS Smith Plastics' Natalie Derrida, sales director, Southwest Europe, about the relationship with Almorai and its bag-in-box products. We've developed basically different sizes of bags to meet the different customer requirements. Some of the bags are used with their customers, so they go to their customers. So it, for us, it's B2B2C. And they also have bags that they use, the bigger ones, the 1,100 litre bags, they use for their internal storage. So they store um, milk and liquid paste of feta cheese in them. Between the moment when they are put in the bag and the moment that they, have, that they actually put them into smaller um, into smaller packages or transform the cheese paste into feta cheese. Have you had to adapt them for a Middle East environment? We didn't have to adapt them to a Middle East environment. We just have, we've been made conscious of the conscious of the challenges that the Middle Eastern environment represents. So we tried um, with the solutions with the technical solutions that we have. Um, we try to make the best possible proposal for the customer to be able to preserve the quality of the goods that they pack. I think we've found perfect solutions with them because these bags we've been supplying for uh, for a number of years, and they seem very happy with uh, with them. So I'm thinking that these must probably meet exactly the requirements that they that they had at the time and that they still have today. Do you sell the the same bags to other companies, or is it specifically for that company? Well, we try to sell as much as we can, obviously, standardized bags. The Intercept technology is a technology which is uh, specific to DS Smith. Um, we have more customers that use Intercept because it's a completely aseptic way of packing sensitive products like dairy products. So Amarai are just one of the customers that use these types of machines and these types of bags from us. 
you mentioned the challenges of the Middle East. I assume biggest challenge would be temperatures. Are there other challenges in the Middle East other than temperature, or is it? Temperature is definitely a big one. Also, the fact that the Middle East, obviously, there's a lot of very arid and harsh terrain to go through. We do know that the conditions are really harsh, so we basically have to ship the products by boat to there, and then they we have to make sure that obviously they get to the customer in mint condition so that they uh, that they can be used and serve the purpose that were designed for and that they were produced for. We regularly work with our suppliers of film, for instance, to find optimized uh, materials for better product performance or to meet any other requirement that we may have. So we're looking at that. But in the case of Amorai, I don't think for the last 18 months we've changed the specifications on the films uh, or on the machine. Generally, these machines tend to stay with the customers for a number of years, and, and we just do regular uh, maintenance work and updates if required. But generally, the machines stay with the customers for quite a long period. These days, I guess we hear a lot about sustainability and recycling. How does that factor into the products that you make? It depends, obviously, if we talk about just the bag or if we talk about the bag in box, because if you look at the box, that one is obviously 100% recyclable. So there we have 100% sustainability. Fibers can be recycled for up to seven times. So there is quite a good circular economy working there. The bag is a bit of a challenge in the in the sense that the transparent EVOH bags can be recycled, but there are few recycling standards facilities throughout Europe. The EU, which is obviously not including uh, the Middle East, but the EU is making quite substantial projects for the recyclability of these materials. And we're working very closely with the, uh, the rest of the industry to make sure that our bags become more and more recyclable and that more and more recycling facilities arise throughout Europe. Uh, but in the Middle East, we sell metallized bags and it's a bit more complex to recycle metallized bags because obviously there's metal in there and there's not only plastic so that's a bit more tricky. And are there any other products that you're you're working on for that market? It depends basically. Um, there's two ways that we can work. We will definitely look at the different segments in the markets and try and estimate what we sell today in those markets, whether there's any improvements that we can make. And then it's a bit of a chicken and the egg situation, i.e. do you develop something and then go to the market or do you try and find customers who are interested in looking at this innovation with you and uh, for whom you develop something something specifically to meet their needs? There are so many new products on the market lately and, and it seems to continue to grow. How, how Does that present a challenge? There's a lot of attention in the media um, towards plastics, um, definitely towards the recyclability and the sustainability of plastics. What we do try and bring to our customers and to the market is the knowledge that when you switch from a plastic bottle or from a, a glass bottle and you move into bag and box, you have a lot of savings. And when I say savings, I don't mean only money savings, but you have a lot of optimization uh, that come with the bag and box i.e. a lighter packaging, so less plastic, a fully recyclable box. The fact that these products, bagging boxes, are perfectly stackable and hence uh, improve the number of packs that you can put on a pallet. They weigh less than a traditional bottle, glass or plastic. You obviously also have an impact on the CO2 emissions from the lorries that have to transport the empty packaging material and the full packaging material. 
So there's quite a lot of benefits from bagging box compared to what we would call traditional bottle packaging. If you look at DS Smith as an organization, we have four divisions. Three divisions work on what I would call fiber-based products. So we recycle paper, we collect paper waste, and we make corrugated packaging. And then we have a plastics division, and within the plastics division, there are a few subdivisions, and one of, that, one of those subdivisions is flexible packaging. Finally on the show this week, we hear from INTL FC Stone's Liam Fenton with his weekly look at the global dairy markets. Butter has continued to soften this week uh, from levels last week in quarter one of 44.75 to closer to 44.00 this week. This was in keeping with cream prices dropping from 5700 to 50, from, from the 57-5800 level to, to around 53-5400 level. But there continues to be a disconnect in the economics of, of turning cream into butter, uh, given the high price of cream. Skimmel powder, on the other hand, remained stable, while activity was muted on the exchange, with quarter one skimmel powder trading around the 1630-1640 level. This price, however, seems to be at quite a premium to a uh, physical market, where for fresh skimmel powder being offered at 1500 level euros per tonne. Thanks, Liam. INTL FC Stone provides risk management and margin hedging programs and services, as well as OTC hedging tools and M&A advisory services to the global dairy industry. That's all we have time for this week, so please join us again next week on the Dairy Reporter Dairy Dialogue podcast. <laughs>